0: morning, ain't it a fantastic morning outside, especially if you're a gardener, folks. This is a traditional time here in the deep south for planting our summer stuff. You know, if you're a farmer, you might have tried to get in earlier, but it's too wet for that. But gardeners don't care. Good Friday, traditional time in the south. For planting our summer gardens. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. Uh, my, uh, I'm, I'm your host, Horticulturist Fellow Rushing. Hello. And uh, our producer is awesome, Java Chapman. We're going to be talking about gardening today. We got Kevin Farrell who's going to be uh, greeting you on the phone if you don't give us a call because it's a live program. We're going to be talking about gardening, nothing but gardening or garden related stuff for the next hour or so. Again, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Horticulturist Fellow Rushing. And uh, me and Java and Kevin will be bringing in nothing but gardening, a live program here on MPB. We'll be right back after just a little bit of news and getting dirty.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I was running there, wasn't I, Java? <laughs> I was in the in the in the control room, just sort of goofing off with Java and Ch- and Kevin talking about stuff. And uh, we were talking with you know Kevin's in there. He 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 works with with grammatical stuff and words and you know and spelling bees and stuff like that. And uh, it is pure coincidence, but this morning when I was walking in, I'm thinking, wow, spring has busted loose. And I'm thinking maybe it should be spring has burst it burst? Spring has burst or spring is busted loose? (laughs) I don't know. Whatever, because it is done, whatever that is. I brought a bunch of stuff in this morning uh, that I stole along the way. I try to walk in where the weather's halfway decent. It's a couple of miles through through uh, some fields and some na- nice neighborhoods and, you know, that kind of thing, along a, a roadside that's got native woodland plants, and I try to grab whatever's in bloom so we can talk about it. But this is the calling program. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing here at MPB. We try to make it where uh, if you've got something on your mind about any kind of topic, whether it's uh, pets or wild animals or, or fixing your house up or food or cooking or medicinal things, whatever, if you want to talk about it, we're giving you an opportunity, and this is the time to talk about gardening. I'm not a great gardener. I'm a retired horticulturist. I'm a pretty good gardener, and some of the stuff I tried doesn't work. Some of it works a little too well. I have to undo it later. But um, over the years, I think I've learned some stuff that, that works, both horticulturally correct and what I call garden variety Gardener friendly. So, we're going to be talking about that. You want to give us a call? It's toll free one eight seven 877 MPB Ring. Lines wide open, and we got plenty of time just to yak about stuff. Now, Java, when I came in, I showed you one of the flowers I stole. And I stole this in, fr- in front of a commercial building. It had a flower bed full of snapdragons. And I got to be really cool about it because, you know, I'm walking around all these flowers looking like. A thug. I mean, that's what I look like. I got scraggly long hair and a flat cap and blue jeans and black T-shirt.
3: You said a commercial building. They're not going to come looking for you,
0: are you? No, if they're, if they're doing their job, they're not listening to the radio. They're working. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but anyway, one of the plants, I, I just took a flower stem off of a Snapdragon. Now, um uh, little java. He's old enough to start showing stuff. You can start messing with him. But uh, you, see, I showed you why they call snapdragons. You squeeze them behind their jaws. It 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 opens his mouth. It's got little teeth and everything in it. Isn't got a stupid reason to name a plant something, snapdragon. But uh, there's a native plant out there that a lot of people call Grancy Graybeard, a Grandpa Graybeard. It's a real frilly thing. White. It's a nice sized tree. It's got real frilly white flowers. It looks like it's it's just clouds of stuff. The reason I like to, to mention this is because uh, Grant C. Graybeard, Grandpa Graybeard, uh, it's called American Fringe Tree. That's uh, If you want to look it up, that's what it's going to be. American Fringe Tree, it's got fringy little flowers, white flowers. It's a native plant. It grows really well in sun or shade. I think it's as pretty as a dogwood. It doesn't have those nice round, you know, four-petal flowers of dogwood. But it has the same effect, uh, stunning, and it'll grow in any kind of dirt or soil. It grows uh, in sun or shade, wet soils, dry soils. It's just a great, great native plant. And American fringe tree, is sadly, is overlooked in the landscape because it's not pretty in a pot. When you go to a garden center, you look at the grafted dogwoods and the big azaleas, and you overlook stuff that just looks like sticks with leaves on it. But anyway, down the road, looking back, if you had a Grancy beard, American French tree, Cyananthus virginica, I think is a Latin name. If you got one of those, your neighbors are going to nod and smile. It's a cool, cool plant. And we got some more we can talk about, plenty of them, uh, including some na- native azaleas I brought in. But uh, let's go to the phone call. Let's see what's going on in the Madison. Hey, George, thanks for calling, man. What's up? Hi,
3: how you doing? So, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I had a question about making my soil less, Acidic. I'm I'm trying to put in a a large vegetable garden, uh-huh. and like everybody, you know, my my pH is around five. Yeah. Um, and so it would take a lot of lime.
0: Not, not really. Not really a lot of lime. Not really. Well, I mean, I, I'm doing like a half an acre. So Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Then that's a lot of lime.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so I also have a potassium deficiency, and so I thought perhaps um, using wood ash might be a cheap way to take care of both problems. It could but be. I wasn't sure how much you, to use.
0: You must have had your soil tested. I did. Okay. Uh, but did you have it done uh, through Mississippi State?
3: I did, yes. Okay.
0: Sir. It should have said, it, you know, when they do the soil test, they base it on uh, not always the most practical things. They do it from a from an agriculture point of view, which is sort of what you got. They should have recommended how much lime based on not just the pH of the soil, the acidity, but also what type of soil you've got. And it'll be if you've been managing a good bit of clay, they probably recommend anywhere from one to two tons to the acre of lime.
3: I don't know. It, uh, it was a hundred pounds per thousand square feet, is what yeah, they recommended.
0: Yeah, which is about two tons to the acre, I think, multiplied by forty. Uh, anyway, uh, that that's not a whole lot of lime. I mean, it's really a good dusting, and uh, and it'll last at least two or three years or more. What you might want to do is, uh, in the short run, is add the amount of lime they recommended, and, and again, once you do it, it's going to last you two, three, four years or more. But also, if you could get this stuff called basic slag. Uh, they sell at some of the, the garden center basic slag. Uh, if you shoot me an email, I can tell you a place that I know that's got some. Uh, but okay. it's, it's a real fast, it's a faster acting. Uh, it'll last for a year or two, and it'll work this year and early next year till your lime starts kicking in, if that makes sense. Okay, sure. See? Uh, anyway, so you don't need to do this every year. You, you know, once you get it going it's not, and stuff. Uh, and one other thing, the acidity of the soil is really not that big a deal. You know, and keep in mind, I studied soil science at Mississippi State. You know, I'm a retired extension. I've tested soils myself, thousands of them, and it's not that big a deal. It limits the how your plants can absorb nutrients. see so in mm-hmm. some cases, you can just slightly up your fertilizer rate just a little bit and overcome that. see so okay. but anyway, if you'll put the lime out, if you want to add the slag, just help this year, the potassium is real easy if you get any kind of fertilizer, it's got a pretty good third number that potassium potassium Mm -hmm. lasts two or three years also uh i wouldn't go with the wood ashes because first of all it's gonna be hard to find that much wood ashes it's extremely alkaline uh it works real real fast it's almost like lye uh and Mm -hmm. it's extremely temporary and it dissolves and washes away so you'd be better off just going ahead and using uh some kind of potassium fertilizer and you can get it naturally too uh and and go ahead and put it out small amount and it'll last you for. Two, two years or more, so one, okay. you know once you got your phosphorus, and potassium up, and get your pH okay, it's easy to maintain it from then on. So this first go around is you know really when you need to do a little extra.
4: Okay, and, and, and by the way, you, know,
0: you can buy uh, uh, fertilizer just potassium in it. You know, zero zero sixty takes two mm-hmm. pounds to a thousand square feet. Two pounds—that's <laughs> no, not much. So anyway, if you want a l- l- little bit more fine tuning, shoot me an email. Okay, great. I okay. appreciate it. Big la- and, and I gotta ask you You're half an acre. I mean, is that what you said?
3: Well, I'm growing a lot of like feed corn kind of stuff for my chickens. Okay. So we're going to feed corn. You know, like a, that's going to be about.
0: Two thirds of it. Yeah, that's it's it. going to be a good bit. A uh, real quick hint about the corn thing: if you're growing it for for seed for feed, you're going to save it. That's one thing. But if you're growing it to eat, don't plant it all at one time because then you got a lot to eat all at one time. You know, <laughs> don't 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 feel like you have to put in a crop like a farmer. A uh, garden that big, George, you can actually break it up into two, four. Whatever smaller gardens, and use each one. Treat it as a separate plot. And that way, you can rotate your crops around every year. So think about okay. instead of having a great big square rectangular garden, having several smaller ones and treat them as individual gardens. A whole lot easier to 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 keep planted, harvest, turn around, and replant something else than having to get out a big field.
3: All right, I'll do that.
0: Okay. Good luck, and shoot me an email anytime. All right. Thank you. Alrighty. Uh, folks our email is garden at mpbonline dot org. Garden at mpbonline dot org. Got a bunch of real fun emails this past week and a couple of things I want to uh to uh to give a shout out to, but let's go uh to Tyler. Tyler, you said you're on the road, right?
2: Yes, sir. I am driving about thirty miles north of Tupelo right now.
0: Okay, headed headed north or headed south?
2: Headed south, headed right. home for Easter.
0: Come on, come on, what can I help you with?
2: <laughs> uh, I am uh, driving home, and I'm bringing a gift for my mother. That is a, a baby sapling of a little. Uh, I think it's a Japanese maple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she lives in North Atlanta. And I have never done a pot to ground transfer uh, of a of a tree sapling before. Okay. And I have no, I am absolute amateur and have no idea what to look for or how to prep anything.
0: Well, let, let's keep it as simple as possible. Keep in mind the Japanese maples, uh, they they actually grow better north of Atlanta than they will here. The further north you grow, the for whatever reason, the better they grow. And they grow great here. Uh, what you okay. want to do, uh, Tyler, is dig a, let's keep it simple, dig a wide hole. You know, I'm going to say three feet across. You okay. know, more if you can. The wider, the better. Cause that way the roots can spread straight out. And that's what's going to be the key to the plant getting established and growing well. So a wide hole, not too deep. Maybe a shovel's depth. Uh, and then, uh, when you're, you know, maybe add just a little stuff to it. Sort of like a handful of crackers to a bowl of chili. You know, just stir okay. a little potting soil. Not much at all to the native dirt. And that'll kind of fluff it up where it's a little bit higher in the middle, like a baseball pitcher's mound. Uh-huh. And so you want to plant the maple so that the top of its potting soil in the pot is level with the top of your little mound, and that'll give it time, uh, help it, s- it, it'll settle down a little bit without being too deep. Okay? okay. Now, when you pull the plant out of the pot, this is this is what a lot of people don't do, and it's really important. Uh, water, you know, a day or so ahead of time, or, or a few hours ahead of time. When you pull it out, gently loosen up some of the potting soil and some of the roots, ever so gently. Stir, Stir that into the immediate vicinity where you're going to plant it and then plant the thing so that it's not just a wad of potting soil stuck in a mound of dirt. Right, right. And then when you or when let you, it let it mix with the dirt that's already there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't really booger it up, but sort of lightly, you know, loosen up the pine soil and some of the roots. And then when you're done, cover the whole thing with mulch like bark or something like that, and it'll look great. And if you really want to help your mama out, stop by a garden center, pick up a six pack or twelve pack of some kind of pretty little summer flowers. Put them around the edge in the middle, and if she'll just water those flowers the first summer, that's more than enough for the tree too. Oh, wonderful. And then the last thing, this is: if the tree's got a bunch of branches and limbs and stuff, think uh-huh. about think about cutting some of them off. Maybe a, a fourth of them. You know, don't leave a stub because that little tree is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And down the road, you don't want a whole bunch of limbs all coming out together. So right. thin thin out some of the the branches now. Don't leave a stub; just snip them off. And then the ones that are left will get the energy to what you cut off and will grow faster. Okay, so. Wide hole, not deep. Add a little stuff to it. Loosen the roots, mulch it, plant some flowers, thin some of the branches out.
2: Well, wonderful. That, I, that answers pretty much everything I had.
0: Well, and it goes unspoken. You need to hug your mama.
2: <laughs> well, of course, of course. Okay.
0: That's see, first thing. See you, man. Thanks for calling.
5: <laughs> Thank you.
0: All righty. Hug your mama. Let's go to Clinton. Hey, Deb. Good morning.
5: Good morning. How
0: are you today?
5: Just fine.
0: Good. What can I help you with?
5: I I come down several times a year to see my mother in Clinton. Uh-huh. And uh and last year I was here about this time and she had a bunch of ugly little shrubs across
0: the front of her porch. The, wait, 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 wait. Did, did she think they were ugly or do you think they're ugly?
5: Well, they were dead mostly.
0: <laughs> we all <laughs> they think they're ugly. <laughs> the neighbors think they're ugly. <laughs> yeah.
5: They were all pretty bad. So yeah. I went out and bought some new Small azaleas, dwarf azaleas, uh-huh. Encore, pretty little things. Yeah. I spent quite a bit of money on them; they were not cheap. Mm-hmm. And and I planted them across the front. There, planted five of them. And uh, I came back in June, and two of them were definitely dying. Yeah. And and I took a sample to the local nursery, and the man told me that it was probably fungal disease. Yeah, he's so making that
0: to, up. He's making that got up. Got anyway, keep
5: He did. Okay. Yeah. And so now I'm back a year later, and two of them are looking pretty nice and flowering. Yeah. And the one in the middle is about half dead, and the ones on one end are totally dead. Yeah. And... (laughs) Is it, <laughs> Okay, let, let,
0: let's, let, first of all, I've been dealing with this for 40 years as a professional horticulturist. I worked at a garden center before I ever went to college, okay? This is real common, Dale, with certain kinds of plants Japanese hollies, azaleas, boxwoods. Uh, when you plant them up close to the house, uh, first of all, I don't know if you loosen up the roots when you planted it. You know, that last caller mentioned to loosen the potting soil and roots, that's really important. Because otherwise, that little wad of potting soil stays wetter or drier than the dirt around it. And azaleas don't take that very well. So it's real important to loosen up the potting soil on the roots when you, when you plant something. I mean, that, 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 to me, that's just a given. Um, and if you don't do that, they're likely to suffer. Staying too wet, too dry, back and forth, back and forth, till they just say, we're out of here. That happens mm-hmm. a lot. Second of all, if it's close to the house, it may be that water running off on the roof might keep that area a little wetter than the area around it. So a lot of times it's better to go out from the house a little bit. You get into better dirt. It doesn't stay quite so wet, so you don't have that real wet for a while and then real dry for a while, uh, period. Those are the two most common causes of azaleas, bok chua, Japanese hollies dying: Not loosening the roots up and staying too wet, too dry, back and forth and back and forth.
5: So, do you think I dare go but buy some new azaleas and try them again in the same sure. place?
0: The, or? Well, yeah, if, if if this time if you'll dig the hole a little bit wider, you know, just a little bit deeper, not too much, you know, but but plenty wide, and you know, and see if the water dripping off the roof right there. And If it is, pull them out away from the house a little bit more so the water drips behind it, and then loosen up the potting soil. Okay. Now, now so me,
5: how far out from that drip line?
0: Do I need to go? It's just you know, six, six eight inches a foot. The main thing is we just don't want water pouring right down on it because then when it rains, they stay really really wet, which azaleas don't like. And then when they dry out, they stay drier than the dirt around them. See, so in other words, just in other words, a little bit more soil prep, pull them away from the house a little bit more. Uh, and you might also want to think, Deb, about planting something with the azaleas, something like a little dwarf nandina, for example that if the azaleas die, these will still be there. But also, when the azaleas aren't blooming, this looks good, too. In other words, you don't have to have all the same kind of little gumdrop stuff across the front.
5: Okay. I'll, I'll look into the, some Nandinas, yeah. dwarf Nandinas.
0: Yeah, there's one called, how, how, how big a plant can you get there? How big can they get?
5: Oh, I, I don't want it uh, to be more than three and a half feet tall. Okay, well, and... there, there,
0: there's a Nandina that's called Compacta. And, uh, and they'll get up about three and a half. S- sometimes they'll send a branch up to maybe four of you. You, know, you just reach and cut it off. Okay. But uh, but they'll be there. And they sort of, you know, if you put one of those out there and the other azaleas, it's not symmetrical, but it still works.
5: Okay. Okay. Well, I, I will.
0: Yeah. Just take I... it from there. Lo- loosen the roots, work the dirt up. Get out from the house a little bit more. Let's see if that helps. And by the way, the garden center, you know, they, they're not trained in plant pathology usually. at the time, and they're trained to sell stuff. Uh, there's not that he was wrong, but it's not likely a disease killed it. It's likely something else caused it, usually water stress, that set it up for diseases. So they're treating the symptom, not the cause. I think you can fix the cause.
5: Okay. Well, I really appreciate the,
0: your help. Okay, Deb. And if you have some more questions, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to help. Okay, thank you. All righty. Uh, we got some more calls, but uh, we need to take a quick break, folks. We got some cheesy music coming up. I'm a horticulturist Phil or Rushing, and um, by the way, I'm scheduled to make a few presentations around the state and the the region. Did a whole bunch, did four different states last year. Uh, there's some things coming up uh, coming up real soon, uh, week or so. So there's no real hurry. We can talk about this next week, but this could be a plant swap in Mobile and a plant sale down south of there. I'm going to be at both of those. That's not until next week. We've got plenty of time to talk about it. We're going to be back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and uh, we'll be right back. You know, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Fellow Rush. Yeah, I had a really interesting email exchange with a fellow named Patton Whittington uh, about he was looking at stuff in his garden with a little small hand lens, like a little, little, uh, uh, what do you call a hand lens, uh, magnifying glass, a little small handheld one, and it came up with some really, really weird stuff when you look at it up close. Anyway, we had a real nice back and forth about that. I uh, want to point out before we go back to the phone calls that, that the fire ants are still spreading. Every time we have a really heavy rains, it makes fire ant mounds spread. They, they, they're, you know, they're starting new mounds. But also honeybees are spreading. I've gotten two calls in the past week about honeybee swarms. Uh, when a when a, a wild hive decides it's time to 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 split off and start up a new one, Uh, they'll fly around in a big wad and usually land on like a branch of a limb, and it'll be a solid wad of bees. I'm talking about a foot thick and two or three feet long, solid bees around uh, a a queen. If you see that right now, don't... Don't throw a rock at it. Don't hit it with a stick. But also, don't spray it. They're going to be gone within two, three, four days. They're just hanging out until they find a place to do a new nest in an old dead tree someplace. So if you see a swarm of honeybees, most beekeepers don't really want to collect them. They will, goodness of the heart, but most of the, the beekeepers already have their hives established for the year. Uh, but anyway, if you see a swarm of honeybees, leave it alone. Enjoy it. But, I mean, don't run up to it with a string trimmer or something like that. Um, anyway, enough of that. We, we, you can see that if you look. Don't worry about them. They'll be gone after a while. Let's go to Canton. Hey, Al, thank you for holding, man. What's up? Uh, i was introduced
2: to the malabar spinach for the first time been gardening a long time cool plant yeah can you just tell me about that and, and and what i need to do i kind of went ahead and put them out uh about a week ago even though i, I read you know
0: it likes that hot weather like the
2: hot weather but yeah they seem to be doing good but can you just Tell yeah. me about what you know
0: about the malabar. Yeah, a, a couple of things. First of all, it 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 tastes a lot like spinach, you know. And it's a vine. It's not a. It, uh, it's not going to take over like a gourd would or something like that. It's a a pretty small, stocky, uh, kind of a vigorous vine. And uh, the hotter it gets, the better it grows. Does not need a lot need a lot of water. You know, it's from from a real hot, dry part of the country uh, of the world. Anyway, it's a pretty plant. It needs a small trellis or even some just pieces of rebar stuck in the ground. It needs something to climb on. Um, you know, it could be bent over branches, anything like that. And then all summer long, you just break off the lower leaves and you cook them like you do spinach. Uh, and I will mention this: it reseeds itself vigorously. So once you got it, you're going to have it in a while. And the flower, the the berry things, seed like things, they really stain bad. You'll figure that one out on your own. But it's it's a highly nutritious summer, one of the few summer greens that we have, and the hotter the better. Hello.
2: Thank you, sir.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I just wanted to listen to what you had to say. I really appreciate yeah, okay. it. okay. I'm, I'm really really excited about
0: it. It's a good plan. Give us you know, stick, stick some branches in the ground near it to give it something kind of, you know, three, four feet tall to climb on. Is, is it
2: going to take over my bed? I got a raised no. bed.
0: No. No. Okay. I can, it's not I can,
2: when, when it when it reseeds itself. I can remove that pretty easily. Huh? It's
0: it's real easy, and you know you can go get some rebar. You know rebar is kind of gnarly looking stuff, and you can get uh-huh. like three or four foot lengths, and just you know stick them in the ground. It'll climb on that just just right. Great. Nothing to it Al. You. you bet. Thank you. Right. Okay, back to Jackson. Hey, Jim, what's up, man?
2: Hello, Felder. Jim Rosenblatt. Howdy, 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 howdy. I've enjoyed your columns over the years. Uh, they've always been helpful and, and informative and instructive.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it.
2: Uh, I'm going to be doing some uplimbing this weekend. And what's the current philosophy on how to treat the cut?
0: None. paint it or do you leave it natural? Leave it natural, unless somebody is going to holler at you. You paint the, <laughs> the stumps if it'll make somebody else think more highly of you. But if the, the tree pruning, the, the pruning, wound treatments, they're pure cosmetic. I, that, that's what I taught uh, when I taught tree surgery back in th- decades ago in college. Nothing, changed. Pure cosmetic.
2: All right. Thanks so
0: much. Oh, oh, you know how to make a, a good cut, though, right? Kind of flush with the trunk. Right.
2: I make a cut out a little bit. And then one uh, flush with the trunk, yeah. so that uh, it doesn't tear off. Yeah,
0: try, try not to make too big a wound. Cut it close to the to the trunk, but leave a little bit of swelling out area. You know, don't leave okay. a stub, and don't cut it halfway to the ground. And okay. it'll it'll heal over really really quick. All right, thanks a lot, Felder. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Can I slide down to Faraday, Louisiana? Hey, John, I was in Faraday uh, back in the fall. Nice little town. love that one of those bridges you got there. What you what you got going on?
3: Felder, on my way home from work every day, I see a couple of houses that have a, a ornamental, I guess, tree, ten to twelve foot tall, and right now they are covered with what looks like. Giant snowballs, about yeah. the size of a softball.
0: Yeah, they're called snowball bushes. Hey. I'm not making that up. <laughs> viburnum macrophila, uh, macro, macro, I can't remember the other part of name, it, but it's a type of viburnum. they just called snowball bushes.
3: Okay, I've got another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the highway department or energy comes along and trims your trees and leaves the stubs, should I cut those limbs all the way back at the trunk?
0: Uh, you could if it's a really if it's a particularly important, valuable tree, you know. But usually, by the time it gets big enough to get into the into the wires and stuff, it's already got some kind of broken limbs and broken branches and, and kind of decay. So, uh, you know, it, if you can do it without hurting yourself, it, it the, the tree will heal over better. But it's not that big a deal in the big picture.
3: Okay, thanks for the info. Okay, Stowball hey, by, by
0: the way, snowball viburnum. <laughs> see if, see if can find, and and they root, but uh, you know they'll root on new growth uh, later this spring. If you know somebody, you knock on their door. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it.
3: Yes, sir. Good
0: day. And he asked me stuff that I knew. Let's go to Ocean Springs. Hey, Danny, what's up?
2: Hey, Felder, how are you?
0: Fine, fine. What's going on?
2: I have an avocado tree that this will be the third spring. Yeah, it's outdoors. Foot tall, and it's I've been bathing this thing for two years now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loaded with flowers, but they all seem to fall off. Uh, I don't understand what's happened, why I can't get any fruit from this tree.
0: Oh, uh, You know, I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember if avocados need another variety to set good fruit. I don't remember. I can look that one up during our next break. Um, mm-hmm. But two, two things. First of all, it got really cold on the coast. Avocados don't take coal. It might be that I their flower buds. With, a, I bought a special little tent just for this tree. does uh, yeah, I mean, great, but that doesn't mean it worked. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's I've really, really cool. So, I mean, I'm not trying to argue, but, you know, I've been all through the tropics three continents worth of tropics and avocados grow great in those places here they're iffy and they're subject to cold wet soil you know cold wet dirt can stress their roots and that can cause them to throw their flowers off any kind of mm-hmm. stress on the tree will cause them to throw their flowers off that's true of tomato plants when it gets hot they'll throw their flowers off so it could be stress from cold wet rains it could be they need a pollinator, they didn't get pollinated right, but I'm just making educated guesses. Not much you can do except try to thin out some of the branches so the ones that are left will have more energy into them. you know Treat it more right. like a tree than a than a, a big, thick bush. But these are right. just educated guesses. I'll give it a shot. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Java, sometimes I don't know. And, and I, that's what makes you you, man. You will
3: tell people you don't know, and it's I, not,
0: not anything about it. Hey, if I know something, and I'm sure of it, I can be a jerk about it. If I don't know something, I can be a jerk about that too. <laughs> hey, I want to throw this out uh, uh, This this yesterday. I met a guy, and I'm going to be talking about this later. You know, we're not going to talk about it today, but you know I don't promote products. I don't sell anything. But if it's something that's really unique and there's nothing else like it, I mean, it gets my attention, and I'm going to give it a try. And if it's made in Mississippi or Alabama or somebody local did it, we're going to talk about it. But I met a fellow uh, yesterday named Chuck Flum. Chuck Flum is from Pelahatchee, Mississippi, and he came up with one of the coolest little products. I got one yesterday. He showed it to me. Um, and I'm going to give it a try over this next week or so and, and, and talk about it next week. But anyway, I really appreciate that. But uh, Can we do some cheesy music? This is really, really cheesy. I'm Horticulture's horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Garden here on M. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be back after this.
1: Wake up, it's morning glory. Why do you sleep so sound? You're such a dandelion all over the ground Why are you weeping, Willow? It's a sunny day Oh, won't you be my sweet pea and wipe those tears away Won't you be my sweet pea and wipe those tears away Why are you, Bluebell, sing a happy song How'd you get so black-eyed, Susan? Can't you get along? Pucker up your tulips, I'll blow a kiss to you A bachelor buttons up his coat and ties his laces too A bachelor buttons up his coat and ties his laces too She la-la-la-la loves me She la-la-loves me not Put the petals in the kettle Keep the water hot Hibiscus, hydrangea, tell me what's your hurry. We'll be back in a snapdragon, four o'clock, don't worry. You look mighty gladiola, some just can't be sold. I'd rather wed a bleeding heart than live to marry gold. I'd rather wed a bleeding heart than live to marry gold. She la 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 loves me, she la la loves me not... Put the paddles in the kettle, keep the water hot. <whistles> Pussy Willow, go with me to walk beside the sea. I waited with impatience, then asked her out to tea. What a lovely day, Lily. I'm a lucky guy. You wave your little golden rod and brighten up the sky. You wave your little golden rod and brighten up the sky. She la 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 loves me. This is an MPB Think Radio Podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: You folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Field of Rushing. A couple of things. uh, Next weekend, there's going to be a plant swap down at Mobile. I've been to it several times. It's a lot of fun. Uh, It's going to be at the... uh, uh, Central Pres Church, Central Presbyterian Church is the corner of Dolphin and St. Anne, Mobile. So Plant Swap, you bring something that's in a pot that somebody else can take on and plant. Anyway, they always have a lot of real interesting plants, bizarre plants sometimes, lots of them, plenty to go around. And, and uh, there's people down there who talk about each one. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's free. Uh, that's going to be in Mobile. And uh, later that day, there's going to be a plant sale down at Weeks Bay. I've been to it a couple of times. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in detail next week. Um, also, coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm doing a new thing over in eastern Alabama. There's a place called Chapel at the Waters. Uh, it's near Montgomery. Uh, really iconic setting for weddings and events and stuff like that. Uh, but they, they're going to do a program about gardening with me. It'll be a lot of fun. So if you've got friends or relatives anywhere near Montgomery or central eastern Alabama, western georgia even down in mobile uh tell them about this uh, uh gonna be on april the 12th at the chapel of the waters and if you want some more information about that shoot me an email there's a few other things coming up and not that before we go to the phone calls uh java I, this is a biz, this is the kind of thing you're only gonna hear on gestalt gardener i guess uh, but have you ever heard that people can smell when a rain is coming yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. And they talk about how they when when farmers are digging that smell of dirt, the all, you know, that kind of a dirt smell, mm-hmm. turns out there's a real thing that causes that. And this is really I mean, I I, I get come across some pretty bizarre stuff. There's a, a group called the Soil Scientist Society of America. And we're talking about uh, dirt experts. They got their own society and they have a a a, a, a newsletter called Soils Matter. But anyway, I they talked about this this uh, this compound this earth smell It's called geosmin G E O S M I N geosmin. There's a bacteria out there, not a bacteria, fungus, this actinomycete. Anyway, there's this, this critter out there in the dirt, and as it as old ones die, they give off this oil that sticks to dirt. It's a little oily uh, uh product, and when raindrops hit it. Or when a rain's coming, or you turn fresh dirt over, or when a, 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 a front is moving in, it lowers the, the air pressure. It pulls this gas up out of the air, and you can smell it. This is called geosmin. And uh, if you ever, you know, have, I don't know if you're a mushroom eater, but mushrooms have that kind of a, kind of a funky, earthy, dirt type thing because it's got geosmin in it. And and this is a really stupid thing, but I've always heard that camels can find water in the desert. Camels can find water. It's because they can smell geosmin for miles and miles and miles. that leads them to damp soil. Hey, that's some stupid stuff to know. The world
3: is a very groovy place.
0: <laughs> anyway, the smell of rain is real. Uh, new plowed Garden, approaching summer showers, not just a bunch of romantics. It's called geosmin. Jasmine. Who knew? And only here on MPB. Let's go to Tupelo. Sharon, thank you for holding. How are you this morning? Sharon. Oh, hello. Sorry.
4: I was thinking about my dog, Scuffy, our family dog. When we were in Germany, we moved to El Paso, Texas. And we never had to worry about when it was going to rain because at least ten minutes before she'd start barking and running around in circles and jumping up and down because she loved to play in rain. And
0: you know, <laughs> when, when when a front approaches, it lowers the air pressure, and this and it it does what they call it degasses the soil. It pulls our air out of the soil, and so your dog can smell that long time before anything else. that's anyway, right. What's up with your azaleas?
4: Well, it's azalea. And a rhododendron, which I bought last year because I'm having to start a new garden at, at 60 and I'm nuts. But because mm-hmm. I had gone, I left here 30 years ago and just moved back because my mama's getting elderly.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. I've got uh, two southern uh, living azaleas and a rhododendron that I got rescued at, from Lowe's clearance, but it they looked okay. Potted them up in good mix of uh Some of their soil and some compost and stuff like that and put in uh, what I call magic goo. It's soil moist crystals that hold water, which I hydrate before I put in the dirt. A little acidic organic fertilizer. Well, they are not doing well. They look, after this winter, they're looking leaf floss. The leaves are not shiny. They're dull. They have little blotchy browns like a covering on the top, not brown that goes yeah. all the way through the leaf, and even kind of little white blotches on the top, too. And yeah. I, I've given them Epsom Salty Old Wives trick last summer, and I even put rusty nails in there because I was seeing some yellow on the uh, leaves of a different plant, uh, the gardenia. Yeah. So I figured so, they all needed acid. Oh, uh, okay. Well,
0: share, 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 share. Let me give you one word yeah. Welbutrin. Well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need to relax. You're trying too hard. <laughs> I'm trying to describe their symptoms. <laughs> Here's the deal. Did, when, you, when you mixed all that stuff up, did you mix it in with the native dirt, or did you throw your dirt away and fill the hole up with that stuff?
4: They're in big, big pots.
0: Okay. Uh, where where I start?
4: play in there? Oh, okay,
0: yeah. okay. Here's the deal. Uh, first of all, rhododendrons don't grow great in Tupelo. Yeah, you can buy stuff at these box stores that will grow great in the Smokies or in Florida or in England or Japan, but won't grow in Tupelo. So, you know, just cause you can buy it and it's pretty doesn't mean you need to spend money on it. The Azalea right. azale can do okay, but what, did, when, when you pull the plants out of the pot, did you loosen up their potting soil in the roots? Absolutely. Okay, that's yes. that's important. I mean, you know, after that, you know, you could be killing them with too much stuff. All they need is some pretty good potting soil and a little bit of slow release fertilizer and water when they get dry. That's all they need. Well,
4: that's what I've done. Other than an
0: addition of the magic goo. So yeah, the magic goo and all and the Epsom salts and all that kind of stuff. You just don't need that much stuff. And yeah. it, it's more likely that they're staying a little too wet part of the time, a little too dry part of the time. That affects roots which directly affect how the leaves look. So, mm-hmm. you know, now what you're describing, unless we can rule out, if you've got it on a patio that's really hot, you know, reflected heat up against a wall, which mm-hmm. these plants don't like, uh, they no. like to be at the edges of woods, mm-hmm. you know. So as long as it's not too hot that's and too dry. All, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, well, It is where it's hot and dry.
4: No, it's where they're the, on grass at the edge of, yeah. in high bright shade with some, yeah. It, some well the,
0: the then what you're describing is a root problem, and mm-hmm. it probably would staying when you water it and rains staying a little wet longer than it needs to, and then when it dries out, it stays maybe a little drier than need to okay. and and that's the reason why my potting soil I just get pretty good potting soil I mix it fifty fifty with some bark mulch for mm-hmm. e- for extra drainage, and that's mm-hmm. it and that that that's what I use, and then a little time release fertilizer.
4: Hmm. Okay. Well, I've used the organic polytone, Uh that, and
0: that, but but that stuff it stays wet a little bit longer. And it dries out real quick. So you should add mm-hmm. some bark. It gives a little extra drainage. You know that okay. that's that's important with potting soils.
4: Well, I can try that because I, so I don't like a lot of the potting soil because it's yeah. got so much peat moss in it.
0: And nothing wrong with peat moss. It's, it's it, it, Yeah, but if you add a little bark, you know. Potting soil and bark, fifty-fifty. That's what I use, and I grow a lot of stuff in containers. Okay. And uh, also in the down the road, think about a compact nandina uh-huh. in a pot because it's pretty. It doesn't have flowers, but as they always wrote fifty weeks out of the year they're just big green meatballs too. Mm. But if you put your little dwarf nandina in there, it's gonna be pretty all the time, and it'll. if you forget about doing stuff, it'll still it'll forgive you.
4: Yes, I, I have to. What I'm doing is collecting things and leaving them in pots because yep. I've got a new, an old school I'm fixing, and I got yep. to. Uh, yeah, I'm
0: uh, not ready to put them in the ground. Well, well, the main thing for the trouble and effort you're going to, you need to plant something that's going to do more than flower for two weeks and then be a big green meatball. Mm-hmm. So let, let's go with some a little bit sturdier. Mix up different kinds of plants and not just stick with what I call the party girls. Yeah, know. <laughs> okay, gotta move. Gotta, it. gotta move, Cher. Hug your mama. Yep. All righty. Let's go down to Picayune. Hey, George. Morning.
3: Hey, good morning. Howdy. I, uh, I have a couple of small maple trees that are growing nearby a drainage culvert,
5: uh-huh. and
3: uh, I'm going to have to remove those because the roots are starting to impact that culvert. And I'm wondering, uh, after I cut the trees down to ground level, what can I treat those stumps with to actually make sure that the uh, roots won't continue to to grow into that culvert.
0: Oh, then, then I could if you cut it down close to the ground, uh, right. and if you were to take a hatchet or a chainsaw or something like that and cut around, you know, they, they have roots that go straight out from the trunk. And right. if you'll cut some of those roots, you know, just uh, three or four inches out from the trunk, mm-hmm. then that kills them. You know, unless okay. they're connected to the tree, they you know they they are not gonna you know they can't get fed. They're fed okay. by you know roots absorb stuff that feed leaves. Leaves send stuff down to feed the roots. You cut the leaves off, roots gonna die.
3: Okay. So well, just, in that case, would it be okay to uh, just cut the roots off uh, without getting rid of the trees, or will that will that kill the trees?
0: Oh, uh, it'll, it'll kill the trees if you if you okay. cut the roots. You're trying to kill the trees. Um or are you going to move them? unless
3: on? I have to. I just need to solve the problem. <laughs>
0: yeah, but what I'm saying, are you cutting the trees down to get rid of them or what?
3: Uh, I, I will, yes. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, just cut them down.
3: Okay. Okay. Real N- good.
0: Nothing to it, George. See you, man. Thank you. Bye. Uh, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, I don't know. this. Is so, you know, I know what it is, Java. I know exactly what it is. It just occurred to me. Caffeine and antihistamines. That's the reason I've scattered today. The anahistamine. The oaks have been blooming like crazy. It's <laughs> been going did. up my nose, and I'm going woo. I realize I'm not cheerful as antihistamines. And you had that piece of chocolate when you walked Oh, I had a door. piece of chocolate. <laughs> actually, I actually had two pieces of chocolate, but don't Uh-oh. tell Kevin that. <laughs> uh, there's there's a few things going on. Uh, we'd, we'd like to, to, to mention uh, a couple of things real quick. One is that uh, this Mobile Plant Swap is Saturday morning, uh, a week from, from, from this weekend. It's down at Central Presbyterian Church. It is a lot of fun, just a whole bunch of fun. And if you've got some things that I can help promote, shoot me an email, garden at MPB online.org I uh, would like to uh, mention that I've seen a lot of brown patches in people's yards this year. Uh, brown patches is circular areas It's what it's got, nice little looks like a flying saucer landed there. There's a fungus that spreads in the ground and it doesn't normally hurt the, the plant. Uh, what happens, though, is if we have a, a period of cool, wet nights and warm days, like we're having right now, the fungus causes symptoms in the grass. It look like big patches just scattered all over the lawn. There's another disease called fairy ring that will do that, but you'll see a curve of mushrooms there. But this, uh, right now, brown patches ca- is uh, a fungus, very common, usually only affects the grass when we have cool, wet nights and warm days. It's aggravated by fertilizer. So if you fertilize too early or you fertilize a lot, you know, you're setting your grass up for more problems with this. It's better to keep the plants lean and mean. I've always recommended, based on what I I studied in turf science in Mississippi State, based on the publications and the books I've read, all the online stuff, you really shouldn't fertilize your lawn until into April. A lot of people fertilize early. Garden centers sell, make a ton of money selling this stuff, but it's 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 not good for the grass for five or six different reasons. Brown patch is just one of them. So if you haven't fertilized your grass yet, you ought to sometime next month. If you've if you've already fertilized it next year, wait till April. Wait till the grass has been up and mowed a couple of times before you fertilize it. It's not going to hurt you to wait a little bit. It will help the lawn, and it could hurt. Your lawn. If you fertilize too early, plain and simple, fertilizer is good for plants when they can use it. But if you fertilize too early, we run into all sorts of problems. Anyway, brown patch. If you've got brown patch, you want to treat for it. There is a fungicide you can spray. It doesn't kill the fungus, but it'll stop the stuff from spreading till the till 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 it warms up. When it warms up, the symptoms will go away. But you can get a liquid spray for brown patch. Spray the patch and the perimeters, and it'll at least stop it from spreading until the grass has a chance to green up and and grow back again. if you've got questions about stuff like this, you want a little bit more information or get in more detail, or you think that I should go a little bit further and explain a couple of other things, I'm wide open for that. You can shoot me an email anytime, garden at mpbonline.org. This is the weekend for planting. And uh, if you, by the way, we've got time, if anybody wants to give us a call, we've got time to take a, a couple more calls, One eight seven seven mpb ring got the lines open right now. And, uh but anyway, this is a traditional weekend for planting. It's still a little cool. I don't mean the temperatures, the soil is still, the dirt, the rain is still a little cool. And most of our summer plants, they really like warmth. So if you don't get around to planting this weekend, don't feel bad. It's not a requirement. Matter of fact, up north they have to wait till Memorial Day to plant. So uh, this idea they always plant on Good Friday, old wives' tale. Nothing wrong with it. Typically, that's about the beginning of when we're going to have some warmth. I would say that if you'd wait a little bit, and keep in mind, I planted some angelonia yesterday. I've got some basil I'm planting uh, today. Uh, but if you want to wait a little bit, the plants will actually do better. A whole lot better. I planted some angelonia in my truck garden. I'm going to have to pull my kale out. The kale in my garden, the the purple kale and the, the, uh, the Tuscan blue kale are starting to flower. And by the way, those flowers are edible. You can eat them. Put them in soup, eat them raw, mix them in salads. But uh, they're starting to bloom, which means they're at the end of their season. Another uh, uh, week or two, I'm going to pull them up. And I'm gonna stick something like basil or peppers in the old holes. It's called gardening. So uh, don't feel like you gotta do it. But if you want to go visit garden centers right now, they're starting to get good plants in. A little bit slow because of all the cold weather. Visited some wholesale growers this past week, and uh, they're they, you know they're a little bit behind because we had so much cold weather. Uh, but anyway, if you want to set some plants out, just make sure that you don't mulch them. You know, leave the mulch off for another couple of weeks because the mulch will keep the ground cool. We want to warm it up. Anyway, let's go to Hancock County. Jackie, thanks for calling. What's up?
2: Well, I have a little problem on my property. Mm -hmm. Um, One side of my property, about 200 foot long and about 12 foot deep, is nothing but 20-year-old azaleas and what's their offspring. Right. And, of course, intermixed in there is just all kinds of... uh, Trees and and shrubs and plants, and it's just a mess. Yeah. What do I have to do to clean all that out and make it look nice? Oh uh, well. How do, how do I go about? You know, can I just chop the azaleas down? Do they have to be pulled out by a tractor? or no, no, I mean, no. oh,
0: you know, well, well. you you want to get rid of them or just get them back in back? Well, in I the want shed? to get,
2: I want to make a nice straight line where they look nice instead of like an overgrown jungle.
0: Okay, here's a couple of things you can do. Uh, first of all, I wouldn't do anything right now because azaleas are looking great. And if you cut them, to, you know, so enjoying while they can. As soon as they get through blooming, though, Jack, you can cut an azalea. I'm talking about a 10-foot a tall azalea. You can cut back to just a foot and a half tall. And it will sprout out within a month. It'll put out all new growth. So you can start them over again by just cutting them down to foot and a half, two feet tall, you know, kind of in a roundy shape. They've got a bunch of, don't don't just cut them straight across, you know, little snow cone shape. And and right off the bat, that'll help you get in to the area and see if there's any weed trees or vines and stuff that need to be pulled. When I mean, you can cut oh, the azale-
2: tons, yeah, okay. yeah, so
0: you can cut them back really, really hard, and they'll put out new growth. No, no problem. And then then you can see what else needs to be cleaned up before the azalea sprout back out.
2: Okay, now where where they've grown out of line. I'm an old army guy. I like things in nice lines. Mm-hmm. How can I do? I have to. If I want to kill some off to back a line up and make it straight, how do I kill off, you know, a plant like that? Well, do just, I have to dig it out?
0: Yep, yep. But cut it down first, haul that stuff off, and then it's going to take you a day or two to get over that. And then come back, and, and if you've got a, a sharp axe or a chainsaw, just cut around the base of it. Cut the side roots, and then the the, the, the trunk will pop right out.
2: Okay, all right.
0: And by the way, well, that- if those of you cut back, Jack, if you cut them back really, really far, when they put the new growth out, it's going to shoot straight up. So make a note to go back sometime in the late spring or early summer and cut the tips off that new growth so instead of shooting straight up, it bushes out again. And you'll have pretty, pretty compact bushes next year.
2: All right. Well, th- that's a great help. At least it gives me, you know, some ideas on, on how I need to start.
0: Yep. It's like, and
2: and uh, I do appreciate that. It's
0: like eating an elephant, Jack. You take it one bite at a time and hope you start it out on the right end. <laughs> Whatever. Where did that come from? Help me. Java, make me go home. <laughs> Make me go home because Gestalt Garden is a production <laughs> Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer, is laid back but hardworking and very forgiving, Java Chapman. Phone greeter today has been Kevin Farrell, the word master of MPB. I'm your host, F- fell Rushing. I'm gonna be thinking of y'all as I get out and do a little gardening this weekend. Hope your garden fares well. Main thing is, for those of us who every we see every day is a new day. Give us a chance to give it a go. Go to a garden center. Go to a farmer's market. Take a kid or two on a field trip. See if you can find an opportunity to show others what we do best, and that's Get Dirty. Thank you all who supported us during our drive time next week. We will see you all same time, same place, right here on MPB. Go Get Dirty.